Sometimes we are anxious and feel like we don't have peace. Sometimes we're anxious about relationships. Maybe you're wondering about the future of your marriage or you have a young person in your home and you're anxious about the trouble they're going through. Sometimes we're anxious about money when we're wondering, are we gonna be able to meet this unexpected expense? Sometimes we're worried about our health or the health of a loved one. Maybe you're approaching surgery. Maybe you're waiting for the results of some medical test. Maybe you've been in the waiting room waiting for the doctor to tell you how the surgery went. We've all had anxious moments and times of inner turmoil, so how do we bring our life to a place where we have peace? Isaiah 26.3 says this of God, you will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast, because he trusts in you. It's telling us that God can give us peace. But how? And why does it sometimes seem so elusive? We're gonna read from Isaiah chapter 26, verses one through 12a. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. God makes salvation its walls and ramparts. Open the gates that the righteous nation may enter, the nation that keeps faith. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord is the rock eternal. He humbles those who dwell on high. He lays the lofty city low. He levels it to the ground and casts it down to the dust. Feet trample it down, the feet of the oppressed, the footsteps of the poor. The path of the righteous is level. O upright one, you make the way of the righteous smooth. Yes, Lord, walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you. Your name and renown are the desire of our hearts. My soul yearns for you in the night. In the morning, my spirit longs for you. When your judgments come upon the earth, the people of the world learn righteousness. Though grace is shown to the wicked, they do not learn righteousness. Even a land of uprightness, they go on doing evil and regard not the majesty of the Lord. O Lord, your hand is lifted high but they do not see it. Let them see your zeal for your people and be put to shame. Let the fire reserved for your enemies consume them. Lord, you establish peace for us. Daryl's single mother, they start to date. He marries her. And now the man, the lifeguard, looks after this of the girl all the time. Now she is his. Salvation is not a one-time event when you raised up your hand and said yes to Jesus. The lifeguard is your hand all the time. 
Often we think of salvation as a one. But if we are saved, it's because God already made us his. And because we are his, he saved us. And yes, he promises us life and resurrection. But he promises to take care of us, to meet our our needs to be forsaken, to never throw everything out for ultimate. That's a source of peace. Now, the citizens of this city are not only saved, but their salvation produces righteousness. Verse 2 open the gates that the righteous nation may come in. First of all, they're just because they've been cleansed. They're clothed in the righteousness of Christ boldly before the throne of God. But they also learn righteousness because they love the God who has saved them. They are also people who faith because they continue to believe and trust in God. And of these people, God says, He will put them in perfect peace are steadfast, or, or other translations, minds are fixed on thee, are uh, on thee because they trust in you. The people of peace, they have minds that are fixed on God. But we can choose our minds will focus on. If we focus on the anxious just think, then we'll be deprived of peace. But if we're focused on and believe absolutely that he will be present, that he'll provide, that he will redeem things, if we rest in the sovereign care of God, peace that comes to us from the of God. I was watching the panel some time ago. I remember that guy, Bear Gorillas, is kind of the survivor. Bible guy. He would uh, take celebrities on these adventures, and one celebrity was on this adventure where they were going to scale a cliff. So he climbs up, he fixes ropes, you know, with anchors into the cliffs, and then comes down and attaches those to a harness. And then they begin to climb the cliff with him just ahead. And he told them to look down. Look at me. Why? Because if you look down, you'll become nervous and anxious. But if you see him who is holding you fast, don't let the anxious thing dwell on him who holds you fast. He keeps in perfect peace the mind that stays on him. Now before we speak of peace, peace means the word it's translated from, and the Hebrew word is shalom. Perhaps you've heard it. They use it as a greeting. And shalom means more than not having war. It means more than uh, just 
an absence of conflict. It means more than having a margarita on each. Shalom is a conference of peace where mind, soul, and conscience are in harmony. Your inner life and your outer life are lived in line with your God and conscience. It really signifies also an integrated itself. And there is no peace without this inward shalom. Think of a bag or a wineskin. An animal skin and it's stitched together so tightly when liquid is in, nothing leaks out. So it has to be together well. If it's not, whatever you pour in leaks out. When we have shalom and our inner life and our outer life is in line, and we are integrated whole. And what peace God pours into us means. Without what peace he pours in Now, the person of peace is contrasted with the person who is part of the lofty city or the prideful city. This is figurative language for those who rely on themselves and not on God, who basically say, we don't need God and we won't do what he says. And these kinds of people are actually deprived of peace. One reason is that they're on their own and everything depends on them. And if everything depends on you and your effort and you staying on top of things, well, there's anxiety that comes from that because you can't possibly stay on top of everything. You can't control everything. And everything you can't control is a source of anxiety for you. Furthermore, our text says he humbles those who dwell on high. He lays the lofty city low. The Lord humbles those who don't rely on him. Now, why are peace and humility linked together in this passage? It's because the opposite of humility is pride. Notice the I in the middle of pride. Pride says, I have to be right. I have to win. I have to be in control. I have to look good. And if you're striving for these things, you will not have peace. Humility, on the other hand, says, the only opinion that counts is God's. I live to please him. I want to be your person. That person has peace. Now, the contrast between the two cities continue in verse 7. The people of the city of God are called righteous, and God makes the way of the righteous smooth. They say of the Lord, your name and your renown are the desires of my heart. My soul yearns for you. My spirit longs for you. And notice this person longs for God. They love God, and 
This love for God is linked to righteousness. They learn righteousness. So why the link between righteousness and love for God? Well, here's why. Because true righteousness doesn't come from trying to look good. It comes from desiring God and walking in intimacy with him. If your goal is to look good, then we can have the Pharisees as our example, who wanted to look good, and looking good in that culture was following the letter of the law. They followed the letter of the law, but if you looked inside their hearts, it was wicked. They did not have peace. Righteous living flows from a love of God and a concern for the renown of his name. Because if you love God and desire to please him, this leads to righteous living. Because we do things out of love that we normally would not do. When my son James was eight years old, he happened to see an opera on TV and he was fascinated by it. He like watched the whole thing. And after it was over, he said, Dad, could we ever go to something like that? And I said, yeah, sure. Now, I wasn't interested in opera. But he wanted to go, and so I took him to an opera, and he loved it, and eh, it was okay. But he wanted to go back, and so, okay, I went back to another opera, and it's like, oh, okay. And then we went back again, and it's like, oh, I'm starting to get this. I'm actually starting to like this. And now if there's an opera in town, we go. And I've learned to love it. Why? Because I loved him first. And I learned to love something that he loved. When we love God first, we begin to love what he loves. We learn to love righteousness and it becomes part of our life. This righteous life, this integrated life, leads to peace. Our passage ends today with verse 12. Lord, you establish peace for us. God ultimately establishes our peace, and here's why. There's peace between us and God through our Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing in your life that alienates God from you if your sin is atoned for in Christ. That means God never has it in in for you, nor will he ever abandon you. His disposition towards you is always kindness and love and affection. He doesn't vacillate from that. Secondly, he establishes peace because he secures our futures. The one terrible threat that all mankind has to deal with is the threat of death. But if we know death ends in joy and glory 
and resurrection, then that diminishes the fear and the anxiety of death. And thirdly, he establishes peace because he promises to care for us. He promises to supply your needs, to always be with you, to cause all things, even bad things, to work together for your eternal good. The godly have eternal peace. The ungodly, the prideful, do not. And this ultimate peace comes from a right relationship with God. The ungodly, they pursue a temporary peace, perhaps by medicating their anxiety or trying to fill up their anxiety with diversions and pleasures. But it's not a peace that lasts, it's temporary. Imagine a man who has broken his leg in an accident. It's twisted and broken, and the man says to the doctor, give me a sedative so I can have some peace. But if that's all the doctor does, it's temporary. It doesn't bring the man peace. That man doesn't have peace until the doctor sets his leg right. And then natural healing occurs, and then there is lasting peace. God will not give any person true peace until things are right with him. And that relationship with him includes an agreement with God that righteousness is good and that it actually leads to peace. A righteousness not from striving to keep the law, not by trying to look good, but a righteousness that comes from a love for God. The idea of shalom or peace is a partnership between us and God. The Lord pours peace into us, but it is an integrated life stitched well together that actually holds the peace. Without that, the peace quickly leaks out of us. Does anyone remember Errol Flynn? He was, a, he, was a, he was an old guy in my day. But he was a swashbuckling guy. He started movies like Robin Hood and Captain Blood. And he was the heartthrob in those days. He writes in the foreword of his autobiography about his enormous wealth, his popularity, the parties, the countless women. And then he writes... I was without faith, full of regret that I could not believe in God. I was too hard-headed for that. As a result, I am tormented, as if I have been missing something others have. You can have fame and fortune and wonder whether some little guy who has faith in God 
has something bigger than you ever had. Errol Flynn had everything the world had to offer, but he did not have peace. He did not have peace because he did not have God. God is the one who grants peace. He grants peace to the one whose mind is set on him because he trusts in him. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, if we come with anxieties this morning, we put them behind us. One by one, we put them behind us. And now we look to you. As we look to you, you actually see the anxieties behind us. but we're gonna trust you to take care of them and keep looking at you. If we find ourselves this morning where our inner life and our outer life do not match, we're gonna confess that to you now. And we're gonna pray by the aid of your Holy Spirit that you will bring our lives into an integrated whole. believing that your way is the way of peace. Visit us with your peace, O Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.